part of the Press Play Podcast Network. Look up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's... This is Jason J. Lewis, the voice of Superman on Justice League Action. This is Mark Wade, writer of Superman Birdline, and you're listening to The Krypton Report. Welcome to the Krypton Report. I am your host, Tyler, the Superman of Blue. And with me tonight is not James, though he may arrive, that beautiful man in the red suit. What we got going on today is part two of a very special episode. Now, if you're thinking part two, where's part one? Well, part one is over on Brian the Guys. That's right. We partner with our good friend Brian Peters to bring you a four-part epic series of podcasts. Part two here on Krypton Report. Part four will be on Krypton Report. But jump over if you have not heard part one. This is our discussion of the history and recap of the DCEU. It's a massive undertaking that even in four parts is probably not enough time that we could spend discussing this material. No, it's not. It's not at all. So not at all. Jump over to part one on Brian the Guys and then come back to us. But without further ado, I'm going to be introducing the man, the myth, the legend, Brian Peters. What's up, buddy? What's up? <laughs> so we are going to get into where we left off. So we're just going to jump James, into it. Remember, a wizard is never late. He arrives exactly when he's. <laughs> I mean, that could be true. James just shows up. Guys, I'm here. But we're just going to jump into it. So, like I said, you need to hear part one to really see what's going on. So here we go. <clears throat> March and April of 2016. Warner Brothers demands Justice League script rewrites. Zack Snyder and Chris Terrio had always planned on having the DCU films become progressively lighter and more positive in tone, but the reaction to BVS caused them to rewrite Justice League. Okay. Snyder originally, original Justice League script was darker and weirder, but upon hearing the studio's demands, he went back to his script screenplay and lightened the movie overall, citing his final cut an in-between of his original plans and the comedy Warner requested. I really believe he found the balance. At this time, Amber Heard is cast as Mara in Justice League. What, what date are you looking at, bud? This is March, April of 2016. 2016. Okay, let me scroll up a little bit. Uh, yeah, to scroll back up. <laughs> um, now, since we are in Justice League casting, let's talk real quick. Thoughts just real quick on when they cast Ezra Miller. Oh, that was in 2014, yeah. Like, What were your thoughts on him? So right off the bat, right off the bat, I was like, what? Like, why wouldn't you just use Grant? Like, right off the bat, I was just taken back by it. Because if, the, like, Grant was already somewhat established it was his, in, in Arrow. I mean, yeah, he had technically been the Flash for three episodes. <laughs> right. Right, and then like the show just started, like how it would have lifted that show into the stratosphere, like if or, if he or could have so, ruined it, or or could have ruined it, it could have like Eric Wallace would do later when he joined as a writer, showrunner, <laughs> or like that, but like it's just I don't understand why, um. Why we couldn't get, you know, Grant as the Flash, 
Like, it just it just seemed to make more sense to me. Just, you know, just my opinion. Had you seen Ezra in anything at this time? Um, I saw him, well, I don't think, was Fantastic Beast wasn't out yet, right? I don't remember. That's the first thing I saw him in. And, and then, then I watched Perks of a Wallflower, but I don't remember. I never watched that, but I did see that we need to talk about Kevin. Yeah, it just, um, I don't know. I just, I wasn't excited about Ezra. Like I was, it just, to me, it just seemed because, because you have to keep in mind the mindset as well was, you know, we had Coulson from the Avengers mm-hmm. just going into Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. And we saw, like, Nick Fury, you know, Samuel Jackson appear for, like, one episode on S.H.I.E.L.D. But, like, that that was connected. So, in my mind, like, why wouldn't DC do the same thing if you're trying to keep up for sure? And, like, I still, I mean, we'll get into it, you know, in part four. But, like, Grant was amazing as Barry. Yes. So, I don't know. It just seems stupid. Okay. It seems uh, like it was Ray... a bad call to, to, to cast Ezra. It's Ray just... Fisher as Cyborg. I didn't know anything about Ray, and I Nobody don't did. know. I still don't know <laughs> nothing about Ray. He was like... more stage actor. And yeah. so I, I was like, okay. <laughs> like, it's like, okay. Like, like, did he do good as Cyborg? Yeah, he did fine. Um, but I still feel like the reason he did fine is because of Zach. Like, mm. Zach just wrote him well. Um, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And now, the last casting was that you, I will say, Brian did an amazing episode on that everyone should check out. It was a history of Aquaman in the comics, and then did a great history of Aquaman kind of Momoa. So we won't spend much time on it. But when Momoa was announced as Aquaman, I was like, all right, cool. I liked the way they were going with giving him the Samoan kind of connection, uh, Jason being of two worlds. Yep. It brought diversity to the cast. Um, It was one of those like, okay, but I could see it. Yes. See, for me, and of course you get in my reviews, <laughs> but on Brian the Guys, but for me, looking at Momoa, I saw the potential for where it could go. Yeah, I mean, knowing Zach and where he's pulling, Momoa is being pulled to enforce the grit of 90s hook hand Aquaman. I mean, that's what he looks at. And that's why, like, yeah. I told you, I sent you those memes, I'm like, there is Jason Momoa as Zack Snyder's Aquaman, which I think works. Then there's James Wan's Aquaman, and then there's Warner Brothers Discovery's Aquaman. <laughs> yes, and that's kind of what we'll touch on with Justice League and Aquaman too, because um, there is definitely differences in uh, the the. There's difference in the tone. There's difference in the characterizations. Um, sure. Yeah. So, like, just looking at Zach's directing and everything with Jason, I think was the right way. So, I was all on board with him as Aquaman because mm-hmm. I've always liked the character, but he always became a joke 
And I feel like with, I was like, finally with Momoa, people will shut their mouths and, and see Aquaman for being awesome. Um, no. And, and Momoa, okay. And I need to make it clear. I didn't hate Momoa's Aquaman. I didn't hate it. I felt it could have been better. I felt if they would have went the way that it seemed like Zach probably would have went, mm-hmm. it would have been, or the way that Juan even wanted to go, because Juan wanted to build a whole dang universe. Like he wanted to explore the kingdoms, right? But freaking Warner Brothers, man, the biggest enemy of the DCU, <laughs> biggest enemy of DC. Period. But anyway, so forget Dark Side. <laughs> so this is where we're we're going to kind of venture a little bit with <clears throat> our discussion is because you have we're going to talk about of course first we're kind of just talking about everything um I li- I like us going can, like in what we can like chronological canon that we've yeah. put in our head. I yeah. I like that. I like that canon that we have. So <laughs> All that will make more sense in a minute here. Yeah, it um, will make my it will make sense. Just follow us. So December twenty sixteen, Justice League wraps principal photography. So think about that. Just a few months after the release of BVS, Wonder Woman hasn't even come out yet. Justice League is finished. It does not have any scheduled reshoots or pickups. Okay. All right, this is all okay, important details. Found where you were. The so. picture of Zach with the green screen. Yes. Okay, gotcha. December thirteenth. So oh, I gotta talk about this. <laughs> December thirteenth, twenty sixteen. Two things happen. So we I'm get trying the casting to get to... of. Go ahead. We have Patrick Wilson as Ocean Master. Yeah, I was going to skip that because we're on Justice League right now. Oh, because we're not talking about Aquaman yet. My bad. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm I'm scrubbing through trying to find just stuff that uh, highlights. Just League, Just League. Uh, so the next thing for Justice League comes March 12, 2017. When Zack Snyder's daughter, Autumn Snyder, tragically passes away from suicide. So yeah. this, this is one of those controversial points where... Absolutely heartbreaking, man. It's heartbreaking. It's, it's heartbreaking as a parent, as a father. And this is where it gets argued that Warner Brothers stole the movie from Zack. And this is really kind of his end because May 30th, Josh Whedon is hired to direct a Batgirl. So he's already at Warner Brothers. And basically, May 22nd, Zack Snyder leaves Justice League due to the family tragedy. May 27th, Josh Whedon takes over his Justice League production. So March 27th. Yeah, I'm sorry, March 27th. No, yeah. May says May 27th. No, so March 12th is her death. Is when she dies. Yeah, and you and go down, it says March May. March 30th, so like two weeks later, he's is hired. He's hired for Batgirl. You're right, yes. Yes, and my bad. Then, and then you go down for May, and it says... Yeah, May uh, 22nd, 20... yeah. So and then five days later, yeah, you're right. So this is where it gets crazy, because this is where we're like, oh, okay. He did an amazing thing with um, Avengers. Avengers. What's going to happen right after, here? Yeah, this is right after uh, H. Voltron. Mm-hmm. 
so that's where we're going to pause. Now, we're going to talk Zack Snyder's Justice League, the Snyder Cut that was released on HBO Max um, in 2021. Because technically, that film caps out the last of the films that are influenced by Zack Snyder. Yes, sir. Um, that film is really, really good. It is long. Really, really good. Um, but it is paced well. It is done well. I mean, there was so much like, so at, during this time of Justice League, stepping back, Justice League had to be come out because of contract with AT&T by the end of 2017 because of how everything was done. Um, so there's one thing against it. So they have to get this movie out. So the executives can get paid. It's because contractually for the mer- for the buyout and everything, it had to be because it was on the slate before AT&T officially took complete control of the company. Um, <clears throat> and I followed from BVS through Justice League. I It was almost like a religion of following every snippet of detail, footage, everything. Like AT&T had special little interviews out with each member of the cast um, on their character they put online. Like I have the, the posters that AT&T had. Um, and so we're in 2017 wonder woman, you know, had come out in June. So there's a lot of good buzz about, you know, and it was the, a phenomenal movie that yes, the next film, the next film. Um, but so Snyder cut comes out in 2021. It's a hit. People start deb- debating, should this have just been released in theaters? Why didn't they just let Zach finish it? Like, it's a whole thing. Now, think about that. Zach announced in 2020 yeah. that the right Snyder Kite would be coming. And so, what is that, five years from when Justice League came out to when we actually got the movie that we had been waiting to see? The way it was supposed to be. And gosh, I mean, the only thing wrong with the Snyder cut is it has the stains of the Justice League. <laughs> Just, <laughs> um, it it'll be perplexing for years down the road to study in because so much of, of the film is shot on green screen that there are scenes that exist that in trailers that are altered in both cuts. Mm-hmm. Of the film with different backgrounds and everything. Um, it's just so the Snyder Cut comes out, and that technically is the end of the Zack Snyder era. So, Man of Steel, BVS, Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman, Zack Snyder's Justice League done. Now, to help understand why we're talking like this, is because I brought this theory up to Brian years ago. <clears throat> We have the CW does the crisis event in 2019, 2020, and they include Ezra Miller in a scene where he disappears. And then the end of the crisis event shows the multi, the new multiverse being rebuilt. So I said, um, you know, because we try to make this work in our head because this makes sense because, you know, this is kind of retroactive because by the time we get to, um, you know, we had Justice League, we had Aquaman and Shazam at this point. Yeah. 
uh, and Birds of Prey had was getting ready to come out, and I said to Brian, if you put Crisis in there and act like it goes Zack Snyder's Justice League, then Crisis, then Justice League, everything else makes better sense because now the tone shifts, characterization, um, everything kind of becomes canon and and makes better sense of why all of a sudden these characters are a little bit lighter and deep and not as serious as they were. And that's for me and continuity in my head canon because DC was trying to tie it all together. And for like 99% of everything, it works perfectly. So there's only one scene in the flash and we'll get there because even then I think we can fix it. I think we can fix it. Um, so the Snyder Cut exists there. Crisis, Justice League. Justice League is garbage. I mean, <laughs> it is because, you you know, the movie is such a Frankenstein of a production. I mean, they hired Danny Elfman to replace Junkie XL as composer. Um... July 24th, 2017, Justice League reshoots are reported as so extensive that they are starting to cause scheduling conflicts with several of the actors involved. This is when people started to suspect that things weren't going to be smoothly behind the scenes. The biggest being that Henry Cavill was had the mustache for Mission Impossible. Um, Warner Brothers offers to pay for reshoots for Mission Impossible to Paramount. If they would wait, allow wait, Henry, wait, wait. I think we need to go. I think you need to. We need to mention something here. What? Okay. So, um, June 6, twenty seventeen. You know the uh, the significant reshoots start. Okay, but so that's June June sixth. Then the Elfman thing. So a month, almost two months later, then they say the Flash will adapt Flashpoint. So they're during these reshoots, they're already giving themselves a way to get out of this. So to, mean, to try to like reboot a universe because they see that shit's in the fan. I mean, yeah. Yep. So um, continue. But they're already giving themselves an out. I was mentioning the mustache because that's what's causing effects issues for the Justice League reshoots for Cavill because they're going to have to spend $25 million to di- to digitally fix Henry Cavill's mustache and take it out instead of being able to just shave it. Now, why the hell didn't they just give him a beard? <laughs> like Superman's been dead for a minute. He can grow a beard. He's still alive in there. Would it been, I'm just thinking, would it have been much easier to just digitally put a beard on him for all the scenes he has in the film? Yeah. And then instead of trying to digitally do what they do? Yep. I don't know, but I think it's a better choice than what they did. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever see... I think I sent I shared it with you in the early days of our friendship. Did you ever see like the meme that was like twenty five thousand twenty five million for an edit and it's showing the Justice League edit with the lip and then the next thing was like film student, zero budget. Yes. And he made it look better or something. Yes. Oh, exactly. ridiculous. Um, Good. The, these reshoots would be unseen in the guidance of Joss Whedon with Warner Brothers demanding that they lighten up the film and make it more fun and accessible. Now, hold on. 
Now, what happens is you get these very, now you think we're in June. So we're like, what, six, seven, eight, like what, nine months? October, November, yeah. Like from when this wrapped. And you can watch the movie and very easily point out what's a reshoot, what's a pickup, because they don't look as good because they're not on the sets. They're just in digital backgrounds even more to look like the sets. Ezra's hair. I mean, Henry looks horrible. Even Amy Adams looks horrible. Um, And this is the time that conversation starts where the Batman Ben Affleck uh, Matt Reeves is hired February of 2017 to direct the Affleck okay. film, which would eventually get dropped and become uh, <clears throat> Robert Pattinson's The Batman. So here's here's what I was talking about earlier, okay? Yeah. Um, September 29, 2017, it was reported from Warner Brothers that the term DCEU, or known as DC Extended Universe, was created as a joke from Entertainment Weekly journalists. And that's why I said they never officially named it that. Mm. It just eventually, that's what got slapped on there. They never tried to really correct it. So that's why I officially just gave up and said that's what we're going to call it. <laughs> I mean, um, can you blame So it? now we haven't talked about it much, but I just want to point out because we Justice League has not yet been released. And at this time, during this is when we have the power shift that becomes Walter Hamada with their first movie, the new people in charge at DC, Walter Hamada with Jeff Johns, is Aquaman. They're they're just they're trying to get through Justice League, and Aquaman wraps filming October twentieth of twenty seventeen. We'll talk more about Aquaman later, okay? But I just wanted to point that out. So all this is there's more going on. We'll talk about, but uh, October thirty first, twenty seventeen. Henry Cavill admits in an interview that the DCEU was not working. Mm. November 6th is when Kevin Tajahara um, puts the mandate of the two-hour runtime on Justice League. Hold on, I'm trying to to follow you and catch up here. Okay. Yeah, okay. October 31st admits in an interview that DCEU is not working. Yeah, even if Marvel didn't exist... We would struggle. Wow. <clears throat> so wow. The, here's the big day. November I, 17th. I remember that interview. 2017. Justice League releases into theaters. Critical reception of the film was mixed at best with many critics calling it a Frankenstein monster of two wildly different directors. With a $300 million budget, Justice League would go on to disappoint with... million opening weekend at the box office and 278.8 worldwide opening weekend. The film eventually would become a box office bomb, disappointing with 661.3 million worldwide, less than Man of Steel. The disappointing performance would drastically have drastic consequences, both in the executive level and throughout the entire franchise. Um, and then, of course, people start the marketing, and then we start getting into um, so uh, the Snyder Cut petition starts November third, twenty third, twenty seventeen. All right, 
Justice League, Brian. <laughs> Anything uh, good in that movie? Okay. Um so we're gonna we gonna talk about how how great Snyder Cut is? I mean, yeah, we did. I just <laughs> Thing is, uh, we've gone on and on before, but yeah, you can say whatever you want. I mean, that's so. There's there's things in this timeline that I didn't read. I I missed somehow as I was trying to follow. Like this quote right here, uh, November twenty first, twenty seventeen. Henry Cavill explains why he saw eye to eye with Joss Whedon on the character of Superman. I've always enjoyed the traditional, very classic view on Superman in the comic books. I think there's an enormous complexity to that character. I know when I was working with Joss, he and I saw eye to eye on some of the aspects of Superman, that paragon of hope, that ideal, that wonderful feeling of, oh, good, Superman's here. I've also developed a very personal and protective relationship over this character, and it was just lovely to have the opportunity to smile and feel good. So it's like Cavill, well, I mean, it's not like, it is. Cavill's saying, like, Zach, you took this too damn dark, dude. It is very interesting. I mean... I think in a way he's trying to play ball with he still wants to be this character and he's trying to say positive things about what happened. I mean, it's, it can be PR stuff, um, you know, inside justice league. I think the Superman stuff is pretty good. I think tonally it's, it's different. His costume is weird because it seems very silvery um, to it. Um. November 29, 2017. Here you go. You know, it's all it's all about the bonuses. Like, like it's revealed that WWB executives uh, Toby Emmerich and Kevin uh, Tushihara mm-hmm. uh, could have delayed Justice League to give the film more time to become a superior film. However, due to the upcoming AT&T merger, the same executives wanted to collect their bonuses before they could possibly get fired. Yep. Okay. So... <clears throat> Oh, he, oh, he just added this. That's why I missed it. He had this while we were already recording stuff. Okay, so Justice League, not Justice League. We call it Justice League. You have to have because it's Joss Whedon's yep. garbage. Um, I th- okay. Things that are things that are good about it. Um, it's only two hours. If you sat near a four-hour one of this you probably would just rip your eyeballs out and just cry um Mm -hmm. as a comic fan the i okay i like oh hiccup sorry um i like the openings i like the parademon scene with batman um Mm -hmm. i like him because because you're seeing batman and gotham you're seeing batman interact with criminals in gotham and him using the criminal as bait to track a parademon because he wants fear. Um, I like that. I do. Yep. But I like the idea of him finding out these mother boxes and more of the deal from from Diana and and Arthur. Um, <clears throat> more so Diana. I like I like that better. Um, what else can I say I like? Um that might be the only scene. I mean, <laughs> the only thing is <clears throat> there's a couple of scenes that appear in Justice League that were actually directed by Zack Snyder 
as he was being told on while filming by um, Jeff Johns and some others about making. So like the, the dress like a bat, I dig it. That's, that's Snyder footage. It just, um, it wasn't what he had wanted. It was like Warner Brothers um, requesting it. That's why it doesn't make it in the Snyder cut because that wasn't his vision. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of points like that. Like if you watch the Snyder cut, when Aquaman lands on the Batmobile, his mouth moves. So he does the yeah, but there's no yeah in the movie. Yeah. The, uh, the, the, my man thing. No, no. Just when he lands on, he's like, and he like lands on the Batmobile. He just says, yeah. If you watch yeah. it, like he just, his mouth moves, but there's no words coming out. Um, and okay. The opening scene with, with the kids talking is to Superman, like on a TikTok uh-huh. or whatever. Um, I like, I like it in theory. Yes. In theory. Yes. But Oh, that mouth. Oh my gosh. You're going to start <laughs> this movie right away with that mustache edited out mouth. What the hell? Oh, it's terrifying. It's nightmare fuel. Um, yeah, the whole the whole Russian and in the Russian family thing, like trying to give them somebody to save, like a little family that just, just like have there's nobody else there, yeah. <laughs> and this little family just decides to live in a hut in Chernobyl. You know, like what? Yeah. It made no sense. Like, why the hell would they be there when no one else is and everybody else, like, is kind of dying? Um, it made no sense. The Flash has no purpose. Yeah, he has no purpose. Uh, Cyborg is, like, not even really in it. Um, I don't like I don't like the sexual humor with, uh, with Wonder Woman nope. added in there. Um, nope. I don't like... I don't like Aquaman like sitting on the lasso and the and the Asher jokes there. I don't like Aquaman stealing stuff in the Batcave. Yeah, that makes no it, sense. It makes no sense. Um, I I hate the look of Steppenwolf. Like yeah. <clears throat> with with the whole. I mean, I don't even know how to put it. Like more of a. I don't know. It's more of a face, if you will. More of like an actual person face. Yeah. Don't like it. Um, I don't know why they ventured so far in both versions from Steppenwolf from the comics. Right. Like, I know, like, I mean, we know Steppenwolf as having like a nice mustache. They should have took Cavill's mustache and <laughs> threw it on and threw it on this. <laughs> one thing, like, the marketing was really good, but one thing was, you know, the Justice League is seven. Yeah. Okay. Yes, thank and you for bringing that up. They marketed United it as only seven. five, but they were like, they were trying to keep Superman Return a big hidden secret, and I think that hurt because like I got Justice League movie posters here in the room, and Superman's not on any of them. Um, but like one poster that was like at Walmart, it wasn't like an official um, marketing poster, and I think that hurt the film by not really like, hey, we're gonna bring it back and. You know, so I think that was a big mistake of just kind of marketing the Justice League. But because, I mean, you already had toys and stuff that had Superman, too. Yep. Um, 
in the Justice League. Um, so I I, th- I think that was a was a big blunder. So um, the, the updated poster with adding a Superman front and center was that fan made? No, that was or, or it was eventually released. Like they took the pictures with him, so they could have it. But okay, um, but they should have just always had him there. Agreed. Um, you know, part of the whole Codex thing was supposed to come back and play a bigger part in the story at some point of his resurrection, since he had the Codex in him from Man of Steel. Yeah. But that never really comes up. Um, we could do a whole breakdown just about how, like, the nightmare scenes with the altered timeline. They don't reference it at all in Justice League. And Justice League, yeah, completely abandons that feeling that Bruce Wayne had. Yep. Um, there's not even the mention of Dark Side. Not at all. There was like the trailers are so weird because if you go back and watch the trailers, the trailers start out as the first Justice League trailer is very much a Zack Snyder's Justice League trailer, and then as they go on, um, they become Justice League trailers. Mm-hmm. So it's it's very it's a very interesting study of the two movies. And then doesn't like Steppenwolf repeatedly uncomfortably say mother. Yeah. You called yeah. me mother. Yes. He called Mama. Mother. <laughs> and like he he makes a comment to Apollo of like you will love me. Um cuz I remember seeing the first trailer for this at Comic when they released it at Comic-Con. Yeah, I think it was Comic Con 2016, wasn't it? Like, because um, they had already been filming. Probably. Yeah, because it would have been like July. Because it was early, so yeah, it was like July of 2016 was the first trailers for Justice League, and it was so awesome. <laughs> um, I'll never. It was in the air. Now, one thing we didn't mention, like with BVS, because we were talking about like with Ezra Miller, is his scene in BVS is so weird. Because it looks like Ezra Miller just walked off the street. Like, by the time we <laughs> see him in Justice League, he's, you know, bulked up a little bit, has a haircut and shave. But his little bits of appearance in BVS, he, like, has long hair and facial hair. It looks so weird. Even when he has his, uh, the time travel scene where he shows up trying to tell Bruce, you know, Lois is the key. My friend didn't even know that was supposed to be the Flash. He was like, who was that? I was like, that's the Flash, dude. He's like, what? I'm like, yeah. He was nothing like him. So, yep. it's, uh, you know, Justice League, we could go on and on and on. Like, on there's and on. so much convoluted history. And the only thing out of Justice League, like, the Batman mm-hmm. scene's pretty cool at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, the Some of the Superman scenes I like, Um, I don't think they, they're... <clears throat> they fit everything, but tonally, but I do like him. Like I like him in the flash kind of doing their little running thing where he's like, you take the ones on the right. I'll take the left. Yeah, I did like that. And I but like I hate the how, race tees at the end. I like the race. tees, except I hate that Superman's flying. He should be running. That's how it's supposed to be. Um, You're not wrong, but they make, like we said, they make the flash pointless in the movie. He doesn't do anything. They make no, him a blundering sees, sees people. He puts him in the back of a truck. That's it. May I add that, that at this moment, I am wearing a Flash shirt and Tyler is wearing a Superman shirt. 
Um, yeah, I want to throw that out there because we we love the character, the Flash. I mean, I do. I love the uh, Flash. He was the second. No, wait, he was the third DC tattoo I got out of my four. Big deal. Um, but so this movie just made him a goof. Like the best scene of Ezra in Justice League is him visiting his dad, which is all Snyder footage. Yes. You know, so, but this movie kind of gets tossed out there. Now, this is November of 2017. Yeah. Let's back up because we mentioned, we mentioned uh, that Aquaman had been filming and had uh, completed filming, but let's back up. Hold on. Let me get to me. Backing up, backing up, backing up. Back it up, back it in. So eight, so Aquaman will be the first film released by Warner Brothers under AT&T, technically. Um, okay. Having – where is it? Did I pass it? Hold on. Trying to find it. So long story short, watch Snyder Cut. Here we go. Found it. And then if you have to watch uh, – if you have to watch Justice League – just make sure you put crisis in your mind. <laughs> June 3rd, 2015. Warner Brother gives the choice to direct either The Flash or Aquaman to James Wan, and he chooses Aquaman. So, this is June 3rd, 2015. June 3rd, 2015. So, we're getting James Wan. So, I got it. Why all this craziness is going on? <laughs> okay, James Wan is signed up. A he, hasn't of hope. he hasn't released The Conjuring Two. Okay, um, that would be in 2016. That's his next movie before. Um, so hold on. here we go. December 13th, 2016. Patrick Wilson is cast as Ocean Master in Aquaman. Yeah. And Brian believes that Patrick Wilson should have been cast as Aquaman. He would have, and I, I, you know what? Casting Patrick makes a nice juxtaposition of what you think Aquaman would be to what they were trying to go for with their story. Because if you're James Wan, Mm -hmm. you're getting Momoa automatically. You're technically supposed to be getting, um, you're you're getting um, William Dafoe. Oh, well. And then you're sadly inheriting Amber Heard. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, January 31st, 2017, Yahya Abdul-Mateen II is cast as Black Manta. Yeah. All right. So we talked about the Aquaman had finished filming. Aquaman would now be the next DC film that would not come um, for over a year after production finishes, it wrapped October 20th, 2017. Aquaman is released in um, December, what do you call it? December 2018. So, right. Aquaman. Let's talk Aquaman. The movie that nobody knew they wanted. The only DC movie to make a billion dollars. I wanted it. I mean, of course we did. Um, <laughs> this is the movie where 
I think this is like the high point because this is where they were starting to thin out the DC movies. Like we were trying to get two a year or so. Now we just got one in 2018. Mm-hmm. And because sometimes less is more. Yes. Because we hadn't seen. Yeah. Because. Yeah. So let me look here. Yeah. So so Justice Justice League came out November 17, 2017. So a year and a month. A year, a month, and four days till we get a new DC movie. Mm-hmm. Like we got plenty of time to kind of breathe after the disappointment of, of Justice League, and we get Aquaman, which is freaking awesome. Um, <clears throat> yeah, only billion dollar movie in the DCEU. Uh, budget was about two mil. This movie made one. Point or one point one, yeah, about a little over one point one billion. So the movie made about a billion dollars. That is that's a win and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, Tyler, you know we talked about this movie. We talked about this movie a good bit. Um, this movie, I think, what makes well both of us, what mm-hmm. makes this movie so good. Is because James Wan totally went into this movie, opening doors for f- expanding a world. Mm-hmm. But James Wan definitely looked at this like, if I can only make one Aquaman movie, if there's only gonna be one, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna put all I can in it that makes sense. Yeah, and this is gonna be this is gonna be Aquaman, and man. He blew it out of the water. Pun intended. <clears throat> um, James Wan had come off doing uh, Fast and the Furious 7, mm-hmm. where he had to overcome a lot with the loss of Paul Walker and turned in one of the most profitable films of that franchise and most fun. So he comes into Aquaman, and he really gets to, like... um. If you go back and watch the Snyder um, cut of Justice League, more so when you get to Mara and then they're not at Atlantis. That was one of the things he asked was that we didn't see Atlantis in Zack's film. So they're at an outpost so that James could really craft his designs and his world with Aquaman. Now, if you listen in Zack's film, it sounds like, the Atlanteans are almost making dolphin sounds communicating until Mira makes the bubble. Now the bubble, um, you know, kind of gets retconned and worked on as being, I like the bubble. I like the bubble too. Um, the bubble works, um, for the idea that highborns can breathe air and regular Atlanteans can't because you couldn't do a whole movie in the bubble. <laughs> no, um, no, you can't, you can't. So James just having them talk underwater works. <laughs> yeah, um, I was I also like the idea that uh that the bubble like no one can hear the conversation. Yeah, it, it's it's the protective of how Aquaman, mm-hmm. you know, and Mare then of course Aquaman and Volko later can talk without worrying about other people hearing and interacting with them. Um <clears throat> now if you also in Zach's films, Mira talks more with almost like a British accent. 
Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. And she and Brian brought this up is she mentions that both of her parents were killed. Um and that basically she was kind of raised, raised by, by Aquaman's mom. Mm-hmm. Now this goes into why we have our post crisis and everything theory because then when you get to Aquaman um the film daddy is very much alive. Mom yeah, her, da- her dad is there. She loses the accent. Mm-hmm. And of course the she is kind of has an accent in Justice League, but like I said, it's not a perfect theory, but it works the best it can. <laughs> um they do make her hair more red and they bring out so much more like greens and the color palette is so much more brighter in Aquaman compared to a little bit more of the muted colors that we got in Justice League. But I feel Aquaman, the film, has the right balance of Momoa-isms. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just, a, there's like enough where he gets to do his thing. And you're like, okay. But he still can be, you can still see him as the character growing. Because his whole arc, if you look at it from uh, Justice League, was he felt very alone, very isolated, and didn't want anything to do with anything. And he was very internally hating himself. But finding the Justice League was supposed to bring out something in him. He found other people like him. Oh, one uh, line that I really love is when uh, so when it's right after Victor lost his dad in Snyder Cut, and he's trying to figure out the mother boxes and like their plan, and then Aquaman goes to Barry and says, "Hey, is Victor doing okay?" And Flash is like, well, he's doing the best he can, you know, for someone who's just lost his dad. And uh, and then Flash is like, I, I didn't think he cared. And, he, and he's like, he's like, I, I never saw it. I never said that. Exactly. Like we, we have growth in his character. Absolutely. And like, OK, so so up until this point, up until this point, the only two things I don't like. That, that has happened in Momo's Aquaman is I don't like, like it was a totally badass scene. Like, you know, I said to Finch, um, when he has drinks a whiskey and he smashes it down and like this tide takes him away and like, like, you know, uh, and almost like a blanket. That was totally badass. But Aquaman would never break glass in a beach with children and women. Right. And, break it period and definitely not in the water definitely not in the ocean like give me a freaking break and also uh Aquaman's not a drinker and he wouldn't be taking photos with people like that's where Momoa comes in see I feel like that's that's part of like I said that arc of where he's trying to open up himself the the drinking I feel like in in Justice League was kind of like part of that self-hatred he didn't know what to do he just Kind yeah, of numbing the that. pain. Finch said that too, yeah. Uh, and the the pictures with people is like him trying to open up and accept that he's not being rejected as much as he thought he would. Um, hmm. But I can also see your point because then it because that's that you let in that little bit of Mano- Momoaisms, and then you get to where we go in Aquaman two, where it feels like it's Jason Momoa. It's one as million Aquaman. percent Jason Momoa. Um, <laughs> so, 
I don't know. It's it's um uh, but I I think Aquaman the film is the perfect stride. That I think that's right where it hit. Like it was just enough of every angle to work. Because next when we see him, mm-hmm. you know, he starts to go, he start it's like they brought it to the pinnacle where Aquaman's taking serious, he's a badass and he's fun. But then after this is when he starts to go back to being comical and ev- feel like everything they had worked on to make Aquaman not a joke starts to fall away. Absolutely. And I, I, I love also that they didn't give him the orange and green until near the end. Right. I, I thought his that. Justice League suit was perfect for what they were doing. Yeah. And the fact that he had a Quindent that was his mother's to really bring home the story. Um, because his, you know, his suit in Justice League, it's, it's dark green with hints of gold. And it, it works well enough, but then it allowed them in the film to really give him the classic, the true color suit and everything. My favorite suit, my favorite suit, though, is the original Zack Snyder suit where he's he's not like he just has the armed guard. Oh, yeah. Like you're 90s talking Aquaman. 90s Aquaman suit. Yeah, you're, that's what I'm saying. If Zack had best. been if Zach had been more in control production wise, they would have leaned harder into 90s Aquaman. You're um, damn right they would have. Now, You're damn right. I I look forward to when we get to parts two and three as we discuss sequel issues. <laughs> but <laughs> yes, Aquaman. Yeah. Okay, I love Patrick Wilson as an actor. Um, yes. I thought he was great in Watchmen. I love him in everything I see him in, uh, the Conjuring films. Yeah, I honestly, um, I honestly, God can't think of any Patrick Wilson movie that or role that I didn't like. Like I went to see the newest Insidious film this past summer just because it was his directorial debut. I was like, okay, what you got, Patrick? Um, <laughs> so Yaya, I had only seen Yaya in one other movie before Aquaman, and I thought he was amazing as Black Manta. Um, I, yeah, I I can't. I yeah, I can't. I can't. Yeah, him as him as Black Manta. Um, Especially in Aquaman one, um, phenomenal. Like when they when they showed Mana show up in in Sicily, like in this full suit, I was just like, yes, because we saw, dude, because he looks so good. Um, ocean. Uh, uh, another thing I love about this movie, so many things I love about this movie, but Atlantis looked awesome. Like I felt this, everything was just so bright colored. You felt like you were watching a comic book. James Wan got it. Um, it didn't take. It didn't have to be like we gotta make this more real, you know. Mm-hmm. Like Ocean Master looked completely comic accurate. Everybody looked comic accurate. Every like one, yeah. One. He knows was, how to balance tone. Absolutely. I mean, he gives us the trench scene, which is really. Dark oh, and scary. Was so badass. Um, I was so happy to see that. And even, like I said, you get hints of how Arthur's opening up in Justice League. And then this movie, the only dialogue you have in this movie that connects it to Justice League is Mira makes a comment about him and his friends stopping Steppenwolf. Yeah. Which could be either version. But like we said, we subscribe that this is a sequel to Justice League in post crisis. My um, my only criticism about the movie, um, uh, yeah, my only real criticism is that Amber Heard and him don't have chemistry. I, 
Amber Heard. Okay. I think Zack Snyder won me over with every casting decision he had, except Amber Heard. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What about Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor? Okay. <laughs> I will say Eisenberg, but with Eisenberg, if he had played Lex more the way he played Zuckerberg in the social network, then yes. Absolutely. Then yes. But I've never seen Amber Heard act good. So her casting was uh, and I've never seen any of her acting that would back up her being cast. So that's my only caveat with she couldn't even Eisenberg. do good acting in the trial with Depp. <laughs> um, but okay, Eisenberg, I'll take over Heard though. Um, but yeah, I just she she seemed very like placeholder. It's almost like they got the person that you know does the stand-in while you're working on lighting and or they got the stunt double and just asked her to act like well it goes it goes down to what johnny depp said in the trial he's like he, they got her the role and i one million percent believe that like no no freaking down my mind it's sad because arthur and mira's love story is so powerful and so good and I think it it comes second only to um, Clark and Lois's. I agree. I agree. Especially like and and if these movies were to continue, then you know, we we go back to the to the baby thing. <laughs> I always come back to that baby. Um the Aqua baby. Yeah, we'll talk about that when we get to number two. Yeah. It's it's I don't know. They, uh, uh, you know, if if it would continue, then yeah, she should have been recast because you need you need an actress with depth that can deal with Mara. I mean, Mara. Uh, Mara is one of my favorite female characters, strictly in comics, mm-hmm. um, especially when she becomes a Red Lantern. Like her as a Red Lantern and Wonder Woman trying to bring her back to like feel love again and stop the rage in her heart. Like that's just so good. It's good stuff. Um, but yeah, Aquaman, Aquaman was a very high, high like this, this, so we get wonder woman, which definitely without a doubt, one of the best period. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then we get justice league freaking mess. Mm-hmm. Aquaman was that hope that, okay, Things turn this around. We're, we're okay. Not all is lost, everybody. But yeah. then we get to 2019, and we get to, in my opinion. So, hold on. I lost my headphones. What'd you say? 2019. I said I said that everything was on the right track with Aquaman, and then in 2019, we get even more, more evidence that we're in the right track. So in 2019. <clears throat> There's one DC film coming out. We're going to back up and give some history back on this up, film. Back it in. There might not be... He, I don't think he has the Moonlight Warrior or whatever. Black Magic 90 has too much nope. about it. Um, we, we talked about that Dwayne Johnson was split to play... Uh, he was set to play Black Adam. Yeah. January 19th, 2017. Black Adam and Shazam are now being split into two films. Okay. I like that. Because I like the idea 
that we're not going to have the hero fight someone with the exact same powers. And we're going to give some depth to Black Adam. So I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. July but, 20th. But that news hurts the future. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, July 20th, 2017, David F. Sandberg will direct Shazam. Um, now, if you look at this time, during this little reign here, when Walter Hamada is in charge, he's pulling directors that have been in the Conjuring universe. Mm-hmm. Of course, James Wan having directing Conjuring 1 and 2. Uh, Sandberg having directed Annabelle 2, the best of the Annabelle films. So now he's coming over. Um, his horror directors. He's getting these horror directors. Now, same time um, that year, October 27th, 2017, Zachary Levi is cast as Shazam. Now, pause. What were your thoughts on the casting of Shazam? Perfect. Near it was perfection. one. It was one. I, I had originally said John Cena would be kind of really? neat. Um. But when they said Zach Levi, I was like, okay, all right. Um, not who I would have thought. Of course, like he did go to the gym. He did work out, but they did make the suit and the first Shazam mm-hmm. padded. <laughs> like, Oh, absolutely. Like, like when, when he was cast, um, I was, I, yeah, when he was cast, it wasn't who I thought would happen as Shazam. Mm-hmm. But when but when I saw it, like when I put it when it clicked in my head and I and I like I put Chuck in my head and like and stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. They he said has they cast the humor, him. he has the charisma, he can pull off Shazam. Yes, they cast him based on his youthful excitement and energy. Yes. Um so twenty nineteen comes Shazam comes out in March. And for the longest time, I had joked with you that this movie and Aquaman should have switched because this movie takes place at Christmas. Aquaman was released in December. The water of Aquaman makes me want to like hit the pool and everything. So like I guess that spring feel. Yeah. Um, but Shazam comes out. It's produced by new line. This is where it gets so weird. Like it's produced by new line, which is Warner brothers, but. Oh, I forgot about that. It's yeah, you're right. And what's interesting is Shazam, Shazam, um, very much adjacent to everything else going on because Freddie yeah. wears a t shirt of all the other superheroes with the symbols of the Batfleck, Batman, the Momoa, Aquaman. I love that. He has a picture of the newspaper clippings from the Black Zero. Um, the certificate of authenticity of the the bullet that hits Superman. Yep. You know what would have been really interesting, though? What? If that bullet was a kryptonite bullet. Because then when you get Suicide Squad and Bloodsport shot Superman with a kryptonite bullet, that would have been cool. It would have been. But then think but, about when Shazam but, drops it down. I know. Okay, gosh. Like, uh, that would have sucked even more. Like, that, dang adult-sized hands. I get you. Okay. Oh, gosh. Oh. Um. Family but this movie it. is done for like a hundred mil. Uh, yep, um, hundred mil. Yep, and it's great. Like it's fun. It knows how to be something different. It's totally the jokes work in this. Um, I think this is one of the best DC movies. Shazam should be a little bit more out there. 
So even if we were still under Snyder's toolage, this one uh, is out of any of the films should be more humor, more lighthearted, more fun, Mm -hmm. more comical. Um, This is one of the greatest examples of movies that should be comedic. Yes. Whereas Thor should not be comedic. Wonder Woman should not be that comedic. Shouldn't be that comedic. Yeah, you know, it should have good moments where she's naive, but like, you, you know what I mean. Um, where uh, where Aquaman doesn't need to be overly comedic. Um, this is the perfect, like, chef this kiss. is another, this is another balance of now. I highlight all this because we're talking about Aquaman one. We mm-hmm. talked about Wonder Woman one. We're talking about Shazam one. How great these movies are. So good. I love Shazam because I love the humor, the heart, like my wife always jokes with me. She says, if you were to have directed a superhero movie, as much as you'd want to direct Superman, you would probably fit totally with Shazam because of my, my humor and my, my love of like kids and just playfulness. Um, Your maturity. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I can't, I can't you know <laughs> go against that. Um, so, I love I love Jaiman Hansu as the wizard. Yeah. I will say his look is better in the sequel than it is in the first movie. Agreed. Um, but I love him being cast as the wizard. Uh, Mark Strong just watched a Mark Strong movie yesterday. He's amazing. Every as movie the bad should guy. be a Mark Strong movie. Mark Strong is amazing as an actor. <laughs> um, so him as Savannah worked perfect for me. Um. John Glover as, you know, Mr. Savannah. Oh, wait. Hey, look who's... Brian, look. He's here. What? What's going on, you sissified mama's boys? Oh, right when we're about to be at the end. But it's okay. (laughs) He knows how to finish. (laughs) (laughs) He comes in. He's he's your finisher. This guy. Um, James Cole, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) He's here. James Cole. All right, James. So we're talking Shazam. Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> so we'll bring, you, we'll bring you into the fold. What were your Shazam. feelings? Your feelings and thoughts when Shazam came out? Like, just your overall reaction, things in the movie you thought worked, didn't work, go. Uh, Shazam, I mean, I was excited when it came out. Um, I was looking forward to uh, this this very this interesting character um uh and then as when the movie came out i liked the way that it was uh pretty much tied to the dceu as it was you know they had the um uh the the black zero event they had um uh they had uh the man they had man uh bullet struck by that hit superman um the the batarang was a um, Batfleck Batarang. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I... The the merchandising angle that was all over the store, the toy store, I was, you know, I mean, questioning, but I think that's kind of just real world. Like, even if, if there were real superheroes, people would be trying to market them. And they market them in the comics, you know? They have merchandise in the comics of the what people. So it's not like it's actually out of the realm. What I love is Freddie Freeman is it's us. 
he's our mouthpiece. He is living the fantasy he of like being the sidekick, best friend, and you know he's he's reflecting the world like that we feel, like talking about superpowers and all this stuff. Now, I'm gonna ask you boys this because I really feel like Sandberg went into Shazam. Like, if I have one chance to make a Shazam movie, like they hint in this movie about Black Adam that the wizards made the wrong choice. Um, before with their champion and that he released the sins which this is highly to point out for later um, do you think they jumped the gun by having him share the powers at the end of the movie if they knew they were getting a sequel would you have held that out to the sequel or would you have still had him share the powers at the end of the first film I think it would have been better off if they if they knew they were getting a sequel to to hold hold it off. What do you think, Bri? Well, that's—I mean—that's such a good question. Um, I mean, if if it's a, it's okay, it's okay for a, it, it. It's almost a catch twenty-two because the the fact that they did that. And the first one almost hurt the sequel, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and 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 it did make it made the first movie stronger because like he didn't have a family, he couldn't accept family, he and I and, I, and you know I I can relate to that a lot myself with with all my family issues. So like it it made them stronger and it it built you know, against Savannah with, with his messed up family and like one all the power for himself. Um, it made the first one stronger, but it hurt the second one because in the second one, they're so they're doing their own things. So to try to keep it all together, like to keep his family together, if he would have shared his power in the sequel, you know, then it would have made that a little bit stronger. Um, it's 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 a tough call. It is a tough call, and it is one of those where it was very much. I think not having Black Adam in the film, having that split, they had to do something. No, in the first in the first one, not having Black Adam was was the right choice. It was the right choice, absolutely. So I think that's part of why they went ahead and did the Shazam family. But not having that. Black Adam in the sequel, that was the wrong choice. We'll get there. We will. Um, that's a story of of everything that we do together. We'll get there. <laughs> but I think the first Shazam is a strong movie, and it's one of the best. Absolutely, it's mm-hmm. almost as strong as James Cole. Almost, almost, almost. Now, James, since you just joined us, we have been talking here, and we have talked about Woo-hoo, James the Snyder, the Snyder Cut, the Snyder. Justice League, Justice. Crisis. Aquaman and Shazam. Any high points that you'd like to add for any of those films? Oh, I mean, Justice League, there is no high point. So we can just drop that right there. Um, I had one. I had one. I said the only good thing is the Batman 
with the criminal feeding his his fear to the to the parademon. I th- I said that's the only good thing. And only part of that scene is good. I mean, dangling him out for bait, <laughs> but um, and him being the gargoyle on the side on the building, looking across, seeing yeah. his reflection in the in the glass. That was all good. Everything else was trash. So you're telling me you didn't you didn't, <laughs> um, you didn't like the flash pushing that family in the truck and that you know being so useful. No. You you weren't obsessed with uh the no. flash being Dostoevsky or or the giant like plant shit that changed the whole environment of the planet from flipping apocalypse. Right. You know, I'm bored with that. I mean, honestly, no. Honestly, it makes sense like to have the landscape changed in a way that could be better post Snyder cut because the, because they talk about how they use the radiation to build their, so the radiation has been used, utilized and dissipated. So it could actually lead to a better environment post that post what happened there. Um, Well, I mean, Man of Steel and Zack Snyder's Justice League are like my top two favorites, and Man of Steel is my favorite DCEU film. So, uh, you know, those are those are great movies. Um, <clears throat> uh, those those are absolutely fantastic movies. Uh, I mean, I can't, I, I could never say enough good things about Man of Steel, honestly. I mean, you talk about hope from the character, from the, the biggest character um, in the universe. And it starts with his first appearance, you know, where he rescues guy, guys who have all but been abandoned. Um, and he's the only reason that they're alive. Like, it starts right there. Yeah. Um, so you like Man of Steel, or? Yeah, I guess James does. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, I I love Man of Steel. So I don't. I'm surprised you don't like Suicide Squad more, since you were in the film. I mean, you know, you were John Cena's <laughs> underwear double, like. <laughs> hey, a job's a job. I mean, <laughs> you know, you got to get paid. <laughs> But we're talking about your actual opinions, not what you're getting paid on. So I apologize. Right. (laughs) That's two different things. It's true. (laughs) Um, I mean, so like, are you do? Have you been talking about it like in in a release order, or just like? Or, or where are you at? All right, so we know you love Man of Steel. So what are your thoughts on B- BBS? Uh, I'm here. Can you? Yeah, on BBS, James. Thoughts, yeah. quick thoughts. On BBS, James. Thoughts. Okay. Um, I mean, I think BBS is a really great movie. Um, it is a little long, and it does have a little bit. It, the, the problem with it, in my opinion, is they forced it to be this world-building movie um and not really be able to focus on the story or actually develop build that world they just wanted to shove it in there 
Um, but I think he did a great job of it. Uh, Superman, Batman, I mean, Ben Affleck is such a good Batman and that warehouse scene is still yet to be topped by anything in my opinion. Um, yeah. Uh, it pretty, pretty, you know, pretty hardcore. Um, I mean, and not to say that it's like the best thing ever and nothing would ever top it because there are certainly some fantastic stuff like daredevil hallway fight scenes. I think the first season, I don't think I've, I don't think I've seen the third season. Um, or no, I haven't seen the third season, so I haven't seen like the hallway fight scene there, but I know the first one was hard to be topped. And I'm trying to think if I heard the third one was pretty great as well. The only one I didn't watch was Jessica Jones was last season. You need but, to see um, the third season of Daredevil. I mean, honestly, the thing that hurt BBS was the, the 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 shoving everything in and then the marketing outside of it, you know, revealing too much about the film uh, over the three-year period before it was released. Um, especially that second trailer spoiling the Trinity, spoiling Doomsday. Yeah. Um, I do think like, I do think like the sacrifice part is, is a fantastic way to tell this story of, you know, Superman sacrificing himself and kind of like being, being raised up and, and praised as that, as that hero. Um, but I, but I do think it was rushed. Um, just like everything else, you know, Mm -hmm. um, Suicide Squad. Uh, I really wish, you know, the first time we talked about it, we uh, we didn't have so many technical problems, and the episode could have been released because um, we made some great points and uh, about the the look of the film, where things were were changed and moved around, things you could see. Um, I mean the way it's the way it still sounds, you know, hardly anybody died in it. Mm-hmm. I think there needed to be a balance between the Suicide Squad and Suicide Squad. Yeah, I think you know, I think <laughs> we talked about this like Slipknot dying early, fine, but we need to have another member of the team that they killed themselves and left to blame everything yeah. on at the end of Suicide Squad, just like in the book. Like they're supposed to be the bad guys, like literally. The bad guys. It's so. Oh yeah, and something is always going to go wrong, and that somebody is always going to be blamed. You know, maybe not for the entire thing of what happened, like like the way it did in in that city, um, and with Enchantress and everything, but like something during that could have been blamed on one of those people. Absolutely, the person who didn't make it. It would have been a nice. It would have been a nice twist if they would have just blamed them all on Deadshot. It, it could have worked. I think it would have worked. But Wonder Woman, so this, James. Uh, Wonder Woman is one of the top tier films in the DCEU. Damn right. Um, you know, Pat, Patty Jenkins did a great job uh, with that first one. Um, the the influence and the working with Zack. Um, I love how they got a real photograph from an old, uh, a hundred year old camera, you know, um, how they actually took the, the real photograph, 
um, the the no man's land scene. Yeah. It's it's amazing how people could even consider that to be taken out of the film. Um, my mind too, buddy. <laughs> and then <laughs> the only the only issue being the third act, kind of just this big CGI slugfest. Um, but otherwise, and that's not even that horrible, honestly, like part of the biggest problem for me is the fact that David Thewlis doesn't look like anything like Ares, you know, he's kind of got this metal armor that he made, like he should just kind of like snap and his armor is there and it should look like a classic armor, Mm -hmm. but he kind of made this weird looking metal armor out of the the parts from the tanks and, and weaponry and stuff. And it just looked, just looked plain and boring. Even with the way they tried to make it with spikes and everything, it was just ridiculous. I mean, literally my only complaint of the film, (laughs) Uh, not the look, but the look and the CGI Mm -hmm. deal. But you know, the impact of Steve's death on her life um, and the impact of, of him in her life. Uh, it, it's a really great movie, really powerful. Gal Gadot was um, great as the, uh, as the leading woman. People were seriously debating if she could lead a film like that um, just by previous works, but uh, she did a great job. She's really grown as an actress. And, uh, you know, Wonder Woman is, I mean, got to be one of my top five DCEU films. Yeah, I'm very, I'm very interested to hear our rankings at the end of this whole thing. Because like I told Tyler, like my, my rankings have changed. And so I, I, I'm very interested to hear where you guys are. Looks like Tyler wants to say something. Go ahead. No, I'm I'm here. I'm good. We're good. I'm I'm interested to hear what we all have to say. Um, you know, this concludes part two, everybody, of our conversation. I want everyone to remember that next week, check out Brian the guys. Brian, where can they find you? Where can't you? I'm a pretty big guy. Hard to miss. Um, <laughs> you, can, you can find us. You can find a. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I almost want to. I'm starting to think of that Nelly song in my head. You can find me, St. Louis. Um, now you can find me on Facebook, uh, Brian <laughs> the Guys, uh, TikTok Brian the Guys, Instagram Brian the Guys. You can find the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and you can probably find me on the couch at Tyler's house here and there. That's true. Being his kids in Mario Kart <laughs> because they need to know that life isn't. Full of rainbows, even though there's a rainbow road in the Mark Kart. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So come catch up with us. Join us for uh, part three at Brian the Guys. And then next week after that, come back here for the final conclusion as we make our way through the history of the DCEU. So, and remember. Look up in the sky. We just want to say, if you've enjoyed this podcast, please check out other podcasts on the Press Play Podcast Network. If you are like Tyler and James and can't get enough super talk, check out these other podcasts.
Digging for Kryptonite, Supergirl Radio, The Last Sons of Krypton, The Superboy Legacy Podcast, All-Star Superfans, Superman the Animated Podcast, The Aspiring Kryptonians, Always Hold On to Smallville, The Geek of Steel, and Truth, Justice, and Hope. Remember to check out Krypton Report on all social media platforms. Go to linktree.com slash Krypton Report. you find all of our information. What's up, everybody? Chase Smith here from the Chase Smith Podcast and Cavs on the Break NBA Podcast. And I'm JD, host of the Hyman Podcast, part of the Press Play Podcast Network. And we are super excited to bring you a brand new show starting next Tuesday, the Fanfare Podcast. The Fanfare Podcast is all about your favorite movies and our favorite movies and the best moments in cinema. To help guide our discussion, each episode will feature one classic. And we will grade this movie using a report card-like scale A through F. We're going to be grading categories like acting, directing, cinematography, the score, and even the movie poster itself. And we're not featuring a movie report card. We'll be sharing our movie rankings, franchise deep dives, actor and director interviews, and everything in between. Movies have been a major part of our lives, and we cannot wait to share our thoughts with you. Our premiere episode will drop Tuesday, June 27th, and JD and I will be reviewing Raiders of the Lost Ark in preparation of the release of Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny on June 30th, the fifth installment of the franchise. Join us on the Fanfare Podcast, available on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast. Hello, Brooks here with the Books with Brooks monthly book club podcast. Here's how Books with Brooks works. We read one book a month and then we talk about it. Classics like Stephen King's The Shining, debut novels like We Are the Brennans by Tracy Lang, and tons of other compelling, life-changing stories, one book and one month at a time. So come read along with us and then listen in. Here at Krypton Report, we believe in the power of podcasting, the power of speaking your voice and speaking something that comes from you. So here's a couple of podcasts you can check out the people sharing their voice. I am Brian Peters, the creator and host of Gravely Amusing. For the past 30 years, I've studied the history of gods and monsters in pop culture and our world. As a student of theology and history, I've tried to understand evil and its impact on us. As a writer, I've tried to share this knowledge. As a comedian, I've tried to make people laugh as I do it. But as a man-child, I'm still that scared seven-year-old boy. Join me as I share the history of horror and sci-fi, discuss classic and modern pop culture, and share a creepy story or two. This podcast may scare you, it may horrify you, or it may leave you gravely amused. Listen to Gravely Amusing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and wherever podcasts are found. Follow us on Twitter at Gravely underscore Amusing or on TikTok at Gravely Amusing. Hi, I'm Taria Maynard, and this is my co-host, Jania Patrick. We're a couple of sisters in Central Ohio who created a podcast. Our podcast is called The Confessing Heretics. The basic premise of the podcast right now, as we see it, is we're going to talk to you guys about um, our stories in religion, would you say? Mm-hmm. Um, this podcast is about sharing our truths, our religious traumas, and our histories. 
We'd love for you to join us on our journeys as we talk about our pasts and discover more about ourselves along the way. We will be featured on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Just look for The Confessing Heretics. We have a $1 Patreon. Yes, I know everyone asks for money, but our $1 Patreon each month gets you commentary tracks for releasing movies, DC movies. It gets you my requel series where I pitch ideas about movie sequels, prequels, or whatever. It also gets special bonus episodes of whatever else some of the friends of the network chime in and drop. So check that out for $1 a month. That's all we ask. Keep it cheap, keep it simple, and help us keep going. Check out the link in the show notes or Patreon Krypton Report. Follow the link in the link tree or in the show notes below, patreon.com slash Krypton Report. This is Dan Jurgens, and if you want to have a good time, Keep listening to the Krypton Report.